0: Hello, this is Meghnaad from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, March 12th and the big news of the day is about coronavirus which has been declared as a pandemic. The World Health Organization, WHO, has officially declared coronavirus as a pandemic after the number of cases have reported a 13-fold increase outside China. WHO chief Dr. Tedros expressed deep concern and urged countries worldwide to take urgent and aggressive action. Trying to instill optimism and professing the merits of shared action, he said, quote, We are in this together to do the right thing with calm and protect the citizens of the world, unquote. Denmark has seen a tenfold increase with 514 confirmed cases, while Italy now has more than 12,000 confirmed cases with a death toll of 827. Iran stands at 9,000 confirmed cases with 354 deaths. Following the WHO declaration of coronavirus as a pandemic, India has announced rigorous travel bans. An official statement released by the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare notes that all existing visas except diplomatic, official, UN, international organisations, employment, project visas stand suspended till 15th April 2020. This will come into effect from 1200 GMT on 13th March 2020 at the port of departure. This extends to OCI card holders who until now enjoyed visa-free access. The statement also notes that all incoming travellers, including Indian nationals, arriving from or having visited China, Italy, Iran, Republic of Korea, France, Spain and Germany after 15th February 2020 shall be quarantined for a minimum period of 14 days. President Donald Trump announced restrictions on travel to the US from mainland Europe as well. Indian markets witnessed the biggest single-day fall ever in absolute terms with Nifty ending below the 9700 level. Nifty was down 825 points or 7.89%. The Sensex was down 2,919 points or 8.18% ending at 32,778. Meanwhile, world markets also continued to tumble. Dow Jones was down 1465 points and entered into bear market territory. This is primarily being driven by widespread pessimism and negative investor sentiment. Britain's Chancellor of Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, has announced a £30 billion relief package to protect the economy from coronavirus in his budget presentation. Actor and still aspiring politician Rajini Kant once again created a buzz around his political entry. However, he stalled the announcement about the launch of his party again. Rajnikanth, while speaking to members of Rajini Makkal Mandaram at Leela Palace Hotel in Chennai, commented on the future of his to-be-announced party. He said, quote, I have never wanted to be chief minister. In fact, I can't even think of sitting in the Assembly and going through those proceedings. I will be the party chief, and the CM will be someone who is educated, who is farsighted." Unquote. Hoping to fill in the vacuum left by Karunanidhi and Jayalalitha, Rajnikant announced that he has plans to contest the 2021 Assembly elections. The actor said that he will bring in people with good reputation, include judges and IAS officers and infuse new blood into politics. He said, quote, I will be an instrument for this. I have worked in cinemas for 40 years and I hope the name I have earned will help in this. Rajnikant was seemingly disappointed with his fans and the Rajini Makkal Mandram. He told them, quote, a good follower is someone who listens to his leader. A leader who listens to everything his followers say is not a good leader, unquote. Some context for you, dear listeners. It was on December 31st, 2017 that Rajinikanth first announced his desire to enter politics. What had been mere hints in his films took actual form on the stage of Raghavendra Kalyan Mandapam as his fans cheered on. He then formed the Rajini Makkal Mandram and asked them to gather support while he worked on the finer aspects of the formation. However, post that, the actor refrained from giving any details on when he will announce the launch or the members of his party. The Supreme Court inspected the powers of the Uttar Pradesh government to display roadside name-and-shame posters of those accused of violence, only to conclude that it will not interfere with the Allahabad High Court's order to remove them. A two-judge Supreme Court vacation bench, comprising of Justices UU Lalit and Aniruddha Bose, said that there is no law backing the decision to display posters. Solicitor General Tushar Mehta, representing the UP government, argued that the posters were to act as a deterrent and were in fact put up following the process of law. The case has been referred to a three-judge bench with the Supreme Court not putting a stay on Allahabad High Court's order. The two-judge bench directed the Apex Court Registry to put the case file before Chief Justice SA Bobde so that a bench of sufficient strength can be constituted at the earliest to hear and consider the case next week. For the time being, the Uttar Pradesh government will not be removing the holdings as the case has been referred to a larger bench. The Mizoram government has taken steps to detect foreigners living in the state in the exercise which started in early February, the state government is identifying unauthorised villages set up allegedly by immigrants from neighbouring Bangladesh. The drive comes nearly a year after the state legislature passed the Mizoram Maintenance of Household Registers Bill 2019 that seeks to identify foreigners residing in the state. However, the bill is pending with President Ramnath Kovin for his assent. Rodney Ralte, secretary with the local administration department from South Mizoram, informed that there are around 19 unauthorised villages in four districts allegedly established by Bangladeshi immigrants. He told reporters, quote, Strong appeal from civil society groups and student bodies has prompted the state government to carry out the foreigner detection drive. Genuine residents of Mizoram will be asked to return to their parent villages in the state and foreigners will be pushed back to their respective countries, unquote. The official, meanwhile, claimed that the exercise is not akin to the National Register of Citizens, or NRC. He said, quote, No NRC exercise is being carried out anywhere in Mizoram. The state government is only identifying unauthorised villages and foreigners as per the existing law, unquote. RALTE said the state government has also issued a notification banning developmental activities in all unauthorised settlements and asked churches and non-governmental organisations not to take up any such work. Private details of around 900 million people have been exposed after an online database containing information of Whisper app users was left online without password protection. Whisper's core focus is to allow users to anonymously share secrets and has around 30 million monthly active users. Since it was launched in 2012, people have used it to post confessions and discuss private matters like sexuality, unwanted pregnancies and domestic abuse. The database contained compromising user details that could potentially be used to identify the person behind a post, including their nickname, location, age, gender, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. It was discovered following an investigation by the Washington Post, with researchers warning that the information could lead to users being blackmailed due to the sensitive nature of the data. Let me give you an example of a confession linked to an exposed account. One of them read, quote, my son was conceived at a time when I cheated on his father. Unquote. Yeah, awkward. This information was not password protected, with Whisper claiming that it was not designed to be queried directly. The database has since been taken down. Cybersecurity experts warned that the data breach could have implications far beyond the initial breach, with criminals potentially able to exploit the exposed data to carry out further attacks. This is not the first time the app has been caught up in a privacy scandal. A 2014 report by The Guardian claimed that Whisper app was tracking the location of users, regardless of whether or not they opted out of sharing their location data. And now for some stuff from the den of newslaundry.com. A moratorium has been placed on Yes Bank until April 3rd. Its co-founder, Rana Kapoor, has been arrested by the Enforcement Directorate and his wife has been brought in for questioning. Read the piece by Vivek Kall, where he outlines the not-so-obvious consequences of the Yes Bank demise. He writes about the unseen effects of the moratorium, which challenges conventional wisdom. You should also check out a piece from our Campus Politics section titled Female Students from the Northeast Attacked Near DU Called Coronavirus written by Jayshree Kumar. It outlines the ordeal faced by the students and how they feel victimized by the very authorities who are meant to protect them. By the way, if you are a student who wants to report for News Laundry, do write to us on campus at newslaundry.com. I repeat, campus at newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, yesterday, Sudhir Chaudhary of Z News did a primetime show on the types of jihad, crossing several lines of Islamophobia and bigotry. This is on a day when coronavirus was declared an epidemic and Rana Kapoor of Yes Bank was arrested. Turns out, Subhash Chandra's SL group, which also owns Z News, had several crores worth of stressed assets with Yes Bank. And Sudhir doesn't want you to know that. This is how corporate influence works on shaping narratives put out by the media. You know what is the solution to this? Support independent media. When you pay, the media will serve you. Not corporates and not governments. You. So become a member of News Laundry by going to our website and clicking on the subscribe button. The starting pack is as less as 300 rupees a month. Do it already and keep independent media free of external influences.